the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The Tuesday edition... 15 minutes ago, we had to close the blinds here in the studio. Because it, it was so bright and beautiful and sunny. Now, holy heck. Plus, we're getting snow. We're getting snow. Snow's I, coming. I just don't want to hear about it. Why? It's coming. I, I feel emotionally fragile. We have not had any snow here to speak Don't of. tell me I'm weak. <laughs> this sounds like every argument that I've had. <laughs> With me. Yes. Over the last exactly. 9.75 years. We've been together here 10 years, so we sort of jumped oh, from not A quite. to Z. Not quite. No, we have been together oh, 10 about years. This again, it's not 10. It's been 10. Yet. It hasn't it's been, been 10. It's been actually 10 plus. <laughs> it just seems like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but welcome. Welcome to our world. We That's had lunch right. with the boss today. We sure did. The boss took us out. We didn't have lunch with the boss. He took us out for lunch, but which we, is the best kind of lunch. But we sat next to him and had lunch I had a really good him. lunch. So did I. I had a Rachel. What? I had a, Ru- I had a Reuben. <laughs> it was like- kind of like Jack and Jill. It was really weird. When you said Rachel, I'm like, oh, I'm doing a Reuben. No, I like the Rachel a lot. What was the name of the place? The Arakris, the Green, Green Tree, Tree Inn. Inn. Yeah, we had a great lunch there. Love the decor. Thanks to everybody there. Very nice. I want to help them with the decor a little. No, no, it's yeah. fine. I like it. It's sort of like a, you know, anyway, it's fine food, really excellent dining. Big night tonight. President Trump unleashing what the New York Times is calling an offensive to persuade Americans that a humanitarian and security crisis exists on the southern border and must be addressed before a government shutdown can end. Yes. Uh, he will be on TV this evening. I believe it's 9 p.m.? 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And will you be watching? Oh, definitely. Oh, me too. Heck yeah, I will. I think most of America, or a lot of people will be watching. So is this going to be a long thing? Is this going to be a protracted? No. Apparently, President Trump's aides have told him eight minutes. Speak for when eight minutes. When has the president ever spoken for eight minutes or less? So, you know, you've talked about this before. The president is always fine on the teleprompter. Listen, if international Trump, yeah. I'm a big fan of international Trump. We'll when, get eight- when, when international Trump is not in America and he's over there making speeches like his speech in Saudi Arabia, his speech in Poland. I mean, those are some of the great yeah. presidential speeches. I'm telling you, if you're not familiar with those speeches, you should read them. I mean, they're just terrific. When he is on a teleprompter, he's great. When he starts freewheeling, all bets are off. I hope that we get two sides of the coin. Build that wall. Hey, now, hey. Build that wall. Hold on now. Build that wall. So, hey, 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 hey. If that starts going Come tonight. Come on now, Mike. Like, seriously, if that goes that Oh, wall. please, yeah. Build that wall. This is what, this is what I mean by freewheeling. If okay, that hold this, hold this audio hostage. happens with eight minutes that he's no, given No, 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 no. Everyone's head will explode. No. What we'll get, hopefully, I'm looking forward for the eight minutes of international President Trump. Except that it's not international Trump because this is a domestic issue, so I'm not sure I'm... We'll get teleprompted to President Trump. That would be great. And then maybe 15 minutes of, here we go, freewheeling President Trump. So are Trump. there... Will he be taking any questions? No. I don't know. He... He's sitting in the Oval Office, which is the very first time he's done this. 
you know, it's Vilma. Right, so it's where he sits at the desk and right. he says, my fellow right. Americans. Exactly. And this is what it is. Exactly. I wonder if Acosta will be there. No, no, and there'll be no one there. Yeah, I want, no, he'll be there. He'll be outside the door. No, no, there'll be a <laughs> he'll small be on, crew. He'll be on his hands and knees trying to look through the little keyhole. Mm, there'll be a teleprompter operator, a camera operator, maybe some staff. I'm sure his chief of staff will be there right. with sweating bullets, his new chief right. of staff, thinking, oh my gosh, this is the first like thing I'm trying to pull off, and I hope it doesn't crash and burn. I think it's fascinating, so we'll look forward to this. I think it's this. fascinating, too. Now, there was a lot of hand-wringing by the major networks as to, which is crazy, whether or not they should provide the president with free air time there was a lot of hand-wringing you know this that is crazy now in the past this is this president obama was denied an opportunity like president trump has Wait, asked for tell, what do you i don't know that yeah um let me see maybe how many years ago was this um sorry let me just look through my notes here um i'm sorry see now i ask you the question and at the inappropriate time because you have the wrong page up i do Mm-hmm. Is this the problem with the internet? Is that you can't pull it up when you need it? It's just me, I think, in my, you know. No, but I'm sorry. Uh, the truth is that President Obama, at one point during his presidency, had asked the networks for airtime, and they said no. They said no, it's not going to happen. Um, now, why would the networks say that? Except if it was if it was something that was so politically uninteresting or something that affected so few people or was going to not generate any conversation. That's the only way, reason I can think that they would Here, deny. Uh, this is 2014. Former aides to President Barack Obama pointed out that his request for airtime in 2014 to discuss immigration reform was turned down by the networks, really? which called the subject overly political. Well, everything the president does is political. Of course it is. Now, of course, everyone is chiming in as well. Stephen Colbert, the late-night host, went to a far as to criticize his own employer for agreeing to broadcast the speech tonight. My network will be carrying Trump's wall speech live, he wrote on Twitter. So at 9 p.m. tonight, turn into CBS to CBS. So, I mean, and I heard this as well. I read this a little earlier in the day from, again, the New York Times, that the networks were also thinking of responding to what they consider presidential untruths in a screen crawl in real time. So as the president was speaking, they were having fact checkers working. Now, who knows if they're going to do that? There's to no me, way. that seems like treason almost. Oh, I mean, that's just – yeah. that would be over the top. Listen, this Look, is the I area know, we live in. You know that. Everything is over the top. Okay, I – wait, wait, one more thing. Do you think in eight minutes the president will change anyone's mind? I think when the president talked to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in the Oval Office on camera, I think everyone who watched that decided right then whose fault it was going to be. I don't think he's going to change anybody's mind who's already decided. Now, if people didn't see that video, um, and I'm sure there are a lot of Americans that didn't, but that was all. If you haven't seen the video, perhaps you are persuadable. Because his, you know, he's changed. The tax. Now it's a national emergency. Right. So when he was campaigning and in the early, you know, the first year and a half of his presidency, it was about the fact that immigrants were coming in and they were going to be a danger to us. Right. Now, over the last 10 days or two weeks since the government shutdown, now it has morphed a little bit. Now it's a crisis and it has a lot to do with stopping sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Now, I I talked about this a couple days ago on the air. I think it was yesterday we were talking to Greg Cluxton. 
for all of us who are concerned about sex trafficking and the unbelievable amount of it that goes on in our country, especially at gigantic events like the Super Bowl, that's a massive concern. So I'm happy he brought that up. It's just interesting to me from a political perspective that that's not anything he ever talked about until the last two weeks. Right. It was never anything that was part of his rationale on why to build a wall right. until now. So, so look, if that would help, great. No, so but, then the, but this is new. The hope is then that he would persuade X number of American citizenry that would also be engaged to reach out to their representatives and say, build the wall. I think it's a winner for him. I do. A I winner? think it's going to be a winner for him. I'll be surprised. Well, I think it is. Ultimately, the Democrats have to acquiesce and say, okay, we're going to do this. I, f- I can't imagine them doing that. Yeah. I feel like... There is enough – certainly Trump's base is behind him 100 percent and has sure. been. It was one of the main reasons why he was of elected. Course. That and the Supreme Court, right? I think those were the, probably the two main reasons he was elected. So he's already got his own people in the bag. The people that hate Trump, he could say perfect things and they would still hate that's him. A large, so that's no, a large portion okay, so of, the, are, of the so country. They're already, they're already out. Okay, so they already hate him. Nothing he says is going to go. So what he's going for are, is the undecided middle. Yes. That's what he's going for. And I think the undecided middle could is, be swayed. Could be swayed on this issue. All right. Well, great. that's why I think it's going to be a winner for him. I hope to see it. I mean, this is, these are really fascinating times. It's no matter what happens here, this is must watch television t- tonight. No doubt about it. Now, tomorrow he'll be at the actual border. Thursday. Okay. See, I thought when I first heard about these two events happening. That they were happening simultaneously. And that he was going to be doing the address from the border, which I think would have been even more of a winner. Mm, I think so, too. I think that would have been a better PR option. Now, security-wise, that might have been absolutely crazy. That That might have been crazy and ridiculous, which might be why that was never considered. Probably so. But just from a marketing perspective, I think that would have been, you know, the way to get the most points. Interesting. All right. Okay. So tomorrow we'll talk about it, I'm sure, as well. All right. Can't wait. Take a break. Uh, In a few minutes, we're going to talk about chaplains working for corporate America. Not in the military, not at a prison or in a hospital. No. So if you're like, you know, working for Aflac and you've got a problem, go see the corporate chaplain. It's happening. We'll talk about that next. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Does what you think affect how you live? Listen to Adrian Rogers. When you were born again, you were born to win. God did not save you for a defeated life. God's plan for you, precious friend, is victory. And he has a plan for you for victory in your thought life. Tune in to learn about how to change your thought life this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. 
Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Being a Word FM fan club member is the fast, free, easy way to access exclusive content only available to members. Easily enter contests, give us your feedback, and let us know how we're doing. Score pre-sale tickets and get exclusive seating, plus members-only discounts and loads of free stuff. Like right now, members have a chance at two tickets to the Jesus Free Cruise this June with DC Talk, including airfare. Visit wordfm.com and join for Freak, uh, free today. I think it's uh, the perception of corporate America is that they are generally not open to people of faith. That, you know, business is business and there's a, a clear divide between one and the other. However, our next guest is uh, Larry Griffith. And Larry is the CEO of Corporate Chaplains of America, which is shocking I in its I initiative. I can't get over the fact that there's not a chasm between business and issues of faith. Yeah. So, Larry, welcome to the show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, uh, John and Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Okay, so, Larry, um, was this? I mean, you have not been the, the uh, CEO of Chaplains, the Corporate Chaplains of America, for a long time. So, going in when someone described what chaplains were doing in corporate America, were you sort of uh, skeptical or wondering, like Kath and I are? Well, the funny thing, actually, I'm, I'm a Pittsburgh native, and oh, yeah. uh, I was uh, I was in the area as a as an executive, and I got a call from a recruiter about this opportunity, and the first words out of my mouth was, "Is that legal?" Hmm. <laughs> it, just it just didn't sound right. right. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and and really, the more that I learned, it was just amazing. I think we've really been bamboozled with uh, kind of this mythology about uh, separating our faith from who we are, and there certainly is. There are ways to do it and ways not to do it. But the really cool thing about corporate chaplains of America serving private companies as well as publicly traded companies in a way that's completely permission-based where the uh, employee is in control, and uh, but at the same time really holding true to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this idea, whose was it? Great question. So 22 years ago, uh, a gentleman named Mark Kress was our founder. He was in seminary at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary here in the greater Raleigh, North Carolina area, where, where we're currently based. And God just put this on his heart. You could just see the trends, less and less people going to church every year as America was kind of moving into this post-Christian morass. And that was kind of the beginning of that 22 years ago. And certainly today, Less than half Americans uh, are attending church on a regular basis. So this is a way, it's again, completely legal to minister to them. And as they gain permission, we share the gospel, but really care for people in their minds and their hearts, because there's so much brokenness in the workplace. I see. So are the chaplains employees of the corporation, or are they, what, 
somehow a third-party employee? How does that whole all break down? Right. So the more than 200 full-time chaplains that we have in 42 states are employees of Corporate Chaplains of America. So we enter into a relationship. There's not even a contract. We just sign a letter of intent, and the company would then uh, kind of outsource this. It's, think of it like an employee benefit. We have we have medical, dental, and vision. This is like the employee benefit for folks' minds and their hearts. And with so few people being tethered to a local church anymore, when you're going through, you know, divorce, cancer, parents with Alzheimer's and dementia, wayward children, prison, child custody, folks just don't have anywhere to turn. So the chaplain becomes this great employee benefit. Uh, that employees choose to engage with so often, and it's just uh, it's really been a godsend to so many of the companies that we serve. I see. I can't get over this. I can't either. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at the at the companies, just some of the companies that you've served, and I see Coca-Cola, I see Festival Foods, I see Southeastern Freight Lines, I see Aflac. I mean, this is just a, the ones that I just that just popped up These here. Are Fortune 500 right. companies, and I think to myself, I, I'm immeasurably grateful that these companies see the need for something like this. I, I mean, I recognize that all of us have our issues and have our problems or whatever, but but knowing that and actually then further taking the step to help your employees deal with that, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I think the really cool thing, Kathy, is that great companies understand what Peter Drucker said years ago, that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm. And so they integrate their faith into the workplace. And they realize that certainly most people that work at Coca-Cola Consolidated are not going to be believers, but it's their purpose, actually their purpose statement to honor God and all that they do. So they bring chaplains in, and we love people right where they are. I, I kind of view John chapter 4 as a great chaplain chapter, where Jesus is there with a Samaritan woman who's been married multiple times and is now living with someone that she's not married to. It's a judgment-free zone, but Jesus is staying true to who he is and to what the truth is. And so there's that way to walk that, to, to be a friend of sinners, to be a lover of people right where they are as our Savior demonstrated for us, and to care for them. And then what we find is in those moments of crises, people open up and they ask to hear the gospel. Hmm. And that's our mission, to build caring relationships in the hope of sharing the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a non-threatening manner. And last year, we saw 2,145 individuals put their faith in Christ in the workplace. Holy smokes. Wow. So, Larry, describe how this works then. Does the chaplain have an office? Is he on site? I mean, someone who works for Coca-Cola, they go, "Uh, I'm going to make an appointment to see the chaplain and just stroll down the hall? That's a great question, John. So, Whenever we first enter a workplace, it's rolled out just like you would do at an open enrollment, employee benefits, and uh, folks are explained the program and how it works. And then the chaplain, on a weekly basis with regular regularity, like on a Tuesday, as an example, kind of walk around the workplace. And it says it's a it's kind of like a doctor making rounds in a hospital. It's very brief, just saying hello, mm-hmm. making contact, getting familiar, getting to know folks' names. And that leads to the next step, which is care session. So then an employee wants to engage with the chaplain. It could be around marital counseling. It could be around financial matters. Again, it could be around uh, health matters, et cetera, et cetera. 
and then then that would happen kind of outside of the work hours. I see. And then it, it escalates to crisis care. So the chaplains are available 24-7, 365. So if you call them, wow. within 10 minutes they respond, and they show up at the emergency room. They show up at the prison. They show up at wherever they need to show up to care for the employee. So, so it winds up becoming the number one employee benefit in folks' minds. And that's really... That's the beauty of it. And again, since we've since inception of the ministry, over 38,000 people have come to Christ. I can't get over this. I mean, I'm you can see that I am fully immersed in the secularization of America, because when I hear about this, I cannot believe that it's going on. There's no way this is happening. Right. And I'm so thrilled that this is something that you have prioritized and that the people that work for this organization have prioritized as well. Now, is it a different calling? And I'm saying that, you know, it's a spiritual question, but do you think it's a different calling than being a prison chaplain or a hospital chaplain? Is there something unique to serving in a business environment? Yeah, that's another great question, Kathy. So all of our chaplains, uh, they all have their uh, masters in divinity. They've all been to seminary. We're kind of Nicene Creed, Apostles Creed folks. We kind of try to major on the majors as far as what we believe as Christians. So we'd have folks from various evangelical denominations. But beyond that, all of our chaplains have worked at least seven years in the workplace where they've had performance evaluations mm, and a supervisor, and they've punched a clock. And that way they can relate really well working outside of ministry to those. So I think that would be a real differentiator from our chaplains to perhaps the others like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I see. So talk about the process then of do you essentially cold call on corporations and then go in for a sit down? Because I would imagine, you know, many corporate people, the decision makers think, you know, some crazy person is going to show up and all of a sudden, you know, it's Jesus freaks and, you know, I've got protests on my hands. And the next thing we're going to be like fighting with snakes and. Right. And there's incense burning in the men's room. Right. So, so most of our growth is, is through customer referrals. We have a net promoter score of, uh, about 95 is our latest score, and that would really just be that one question: Are you willing to? Would you would you refer corporate chaplains to to a colleague or to a friend? And I think that's because of the value that they see, and it happens somewhat organically, as far as the growth. Okay. I think the problem is, if you look across America, the evangelical Christian business owners or executives. We probably we probably have far less than two percent market penetration, and I think it's because just like me, I wonder is it legal? So I just love to share with folks that, you know, not only do we serve these publicly traded companies and these well-known brands like you've mentioned, but we even serve law firms. So if you go to our website chaplain.org, and you scroll to the bottom, you see some great videos, and the first one you would see is a lady that heads up a law firm in Greensboro, North Carolina. Actually, I met with her yesterday, and she shares how it works in their law office. And then you would see uh, someone from Southeastern Freight Lines, and then Coca-Cola, and then uh, someone from a technology company that's traded on the NASDAQ, uh, Bandwidth, and then ultimately uh, Jonathan Falwell from Thomson, Thomas Road Baptist Church, just seeing how we're ultimately the fulfillment of Billy Graham's uh, prophetic statement that ne- the next great move of God in America would be in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And we're just so excited to be part of that with so many other great ministries and really appreciate that opportunity because I-, I think it's a lack of awareness. And I think the enemy uh, wants to keep us uh, afraid and confused and realize the rights that we still have as Americans 
to properly exercise our faith in the workplace. Well, I'll tell you, Larry, you've got our full support. I am just really geeked about this. Larry Griffith is the CEO of Corporate Chaplains of America, who place professional trained chaplains in the workplace at the request of CEOs or owners as an employee benefit. Larry, thanks so much for being with us. Just terrific work. Thank you so much. If any listener has interest, I'd encourage you to go to the website, upper right-hand corner, you'll see what is chaplaincy, and if you click on that at the bottom of the screen, you could just fill out your name, contact information. We would love to have a very low, no-pressure conversation about exploring whether this could be something that could really benefit your employees that God may be leading you, you to do. So thank you so much, John and Kathy, for all that you do for the greater Pittsburgh area. God bless you both. Our pleasure. Larry Griffith. Uh, it's really interesting. Corporate Chaplains of America. Yeah, if you're a business decision maker, go out there and bring a chaplain into your workplace. Just fabulous. Hey, stick around. Uh, a lot more ahead. The states people moved out of in 2018. That's next. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. <laughs> then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Long before online retailers started stuffing beds into boxes, the original mattress factory was shaking up the mattress industry. We raised the bar on quality with our hand-built American-made mattresses and sold them factory direct for a fraction of the cost of the mainstream brands. In an industry full of gimmicks and sketchy sales tactics, the original mattress factory has stayed true to what we've always been. Great beds, no bull. Stop by an original mattress factory store or visit originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Imagine your business on the first page of a search engine like Google or at the top. What would that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround, digital marketing that surrounds potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. To expose these malignant tumors of addiction, we must find the root causes of our disease. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. It's like taking a spiritual x-ray, MRI, or an ultrasound of our inner being. Using the pen as a surgical scalpel, we examine our behaviors, our repressed nature, 
to find the exact nature of our illness. This is how we come out of hiding. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. It'll turn quite windy and colder tonight. I have a shower and gusty thunderstorm around early. Then showers turn to snow showers later on tonight. It will be near 30. Blustery and much colder tomorrow through tomorrow night with more snow showers and heavier squalls. That can lead to slippery spots on the roads. Temperatures hold near 30 tomorrow and drop back to near 20 tomorrow night. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. funniest story. What's that? I mean, at the end of every year, you see all of these stats, you know, the most blah, blah, blah from 2018 yeah. or the worst, you know, blah, blah from I 2018. Like I like to read all that sort of, this could be my favorite stat though. Okay. These are stats that are compiled by the United Van Lines company. Oh, the okay? moving people. The moving people, oh, yeah. right? Guess what stat they keep? They've been doing this since 1977. They keep a statistic on the state that more people move out of every year. Okay, so the state that people are trying like heck to leave behind. Really? And they also track the states that people are most anxious to oh, get into. Really? No, that's really... So the reason to leave a state would be, I mean, you know, a job change or... How about just, high, high taxes? Maybe so. Not just because it's like a wretched place that you're living in. Probably not, although the place you're living in might be wretched. Maybe you don't like your neighborhood or whatever. But oh, if you're right. leaving a state, that's a big move. It's a big move. Have you, you ever so, done that? You ever hired a van line to move you out of a state? No, no I neither. No. I did a U-Haul. I never have. I mean, when I was little, I remember my family doing that. Right. But I've not never you, done that personally. since I've that's been an gigantic adult. Move. Right. My parents moved from Pittsburgh to Florida. Oh my gosh, that stuff! It showed up at their house. It was like some giant, like stuck his foot and smashed everything. Oh, great. It was horrible. Yeah. Not that we're making any commentary whatsoever on United Van Lines. Because they're just the people that are compiling this data, John. I didn't say it was them. I didn't ask, you know, for a personal story to, like, buttress their claim. (laughs) (laughs) But I got one. Well, I mean, you brought it up. Of course, you know, I'm going to go there. All right. So you want to know the top places that people were trying to get the heck away from in 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, These are the top – they call them – Outbound states. Outbound. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. People in 2018 were trying to get out of Michigan, Hmm. Montana, Montana, Iowa, Massachusetts, Ohio, Kansas, New York, Connecticut, Illinois, and the number one state that Americans were trying so desperately to leave behind? Yes. New Jersey. Oh, and moving elsewhere. The data showed that roughly two-thirds of New Jersey moves were outbound in 2018. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. In fact, New Jersey has been in the top 10 for outbound moves for the past 10 years. Hmm. New Jersey is an interesting state because one, it's a small state, but one area of New Jersey can be like idyllic, like rolling farmlands. Right. The other area of New Jersey is like a chemical pit right. a wasteland right and and the whole sliver of it is beautiful coastline yes 
such a, a very interesting state. It is, but apparently a lot of people are trying to get out of the garden. Well, maybe state. you're getting out because I would imagine you know people are leaving New Jersey because they're New York City you know commuters. That's a lot of money there. They're you know moving and elsewhere. the taxes so, keep going up in New Jersey. Yeah, I got a good friend who lives in Jersey. Yeah. He's a, a school teacher. Right. I have a lot of family that lives in oh, New Jersey, right. and I lived in New Jersey when I was little. Um, and the problem with living there is just the increasing tax rate. And for people who are getting close to retirement, they tax pensions oh, in New oh, Jersey oh, also. Oh, oh, get out and so they're anyway. So New Jersey is the number one state people uh, are trying to get state. away from. Would you like to hear the places that people are looking to get into? Please, yeah, yeah. Because this is the happier story, really. Uh, these are the top ten places people were moving into in the year 2018. Open arms. The District of Columbia. Oh, there you Can go. You, now so that, sure. of course, and that's going to be more this year for Amazon, right? right? Yeah. South Dakota. So South that's, Dakota. That's, moving into South Dakota. Is that natural gas? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a portion of it. Okay. North Carolina. Yeah. That's I mean, weather. Yeah, of course it is. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Just after tomorrow. I saw the forecast. I started dreaming about North Carolina. Washington. The state of Washington. State of Washington. Really? Yeah. It's a far move. South Carolina. Of course. Arizona. It's a dry heat. Nevada. Yeah. Nevada is very cheap right now, I understand, especially around Las Vegas because of the real estate crisis. Oh, it bought it, Vegas. Right, because it bottomed out, and now there's a lot of property available for not very much money. I would not want to live there. No, I would not no either. Way. That is a really – that is not a – That'd be rough. Yeah, that would be a harsh climate. Idaho. Idaho is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Potatoes. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a potato? No, no. The or, Oregon. Oregon. I mean, you don't think about Oregon often. At least I don't. Yeah. I was in Oregon for the first time a Where couple of years ago. Yeah, I spent a week going. Uh, we went, we went, started the very tippy top of the state of Washington and went all the way down the coastline of Washington Lovely. and Oregon. Were you in Portland? And, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Portland, to me, uh, this is probably an unpopular opinion, uh, it's a very ugly city. Is it? And I really didn't enjoy the city all that much, but I'm telling you, you go 10 miles out of that city, mm, it is beautiful. absolutely spectacular. Really? Oh my gosh, what a gorgeous area of the country. The Oregon, do you know that in Oregon, the coastline is not, is all owned by the state? So you're not allowed to have any private development on the Oregon coastline. Very nice. So when you are traveling in Oregon, the entire coastline is deserted is open, is oh, open. Isn't that the whole state Ooh. so you can go right from the top all the way to the bottom it is how can so, they do that i mean it's the opposite of new jersey yeah. you know when you go down to the new jersey coastline you go Whoa. from you know you go from atlantic city to asbury park right. to to avon and then down to wildwood all those things it's one just little, one little tiny town. little town after another right and and i think it's kind of cool because every little beach community in jersey is different yeah but this is the exact opposite it's just like naked coastline. Oh, that's very nice. It's really wonderful. Anyway, the number one state people are moving into? Yes. Vermont. Vermont? Vermont. How many people can Vermont hold? Exactly. It's a tiny state. That's the number one state people were moving into. Why Vermont? I, I don't wonder. know. What's in Vermont? Uh, ben and Jerry's? Oh, yeah, everyone's going to move in because so, they want to work Everybody wants ice cream. Everybody likes ice cream. I don't think everybody. Seven in ten moves in Vermont were inbound. Huh. All yeah. Right. Well, so anyway, I'm sure Vermont's very nice. What's and I'm the sure van line? Uh, United, United Van Lines. Mm-hmm. Okay, very nice. Yeah. So thank you to United Van Lines and so sorry for New Jersey. But Pennsylvania is not on the list, either um, moving or leaving. Because I think we're all pretty satisfied. I think pretty much so. We'd be more satisfied if the Steelers were in the playoffs. Well, that's a whole other story. Whatever. Okay, next, Tony Turner, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Talk about moving on. That's next. Stick around. Ride home with John and Kathy. 
101.5 WORD with James McDonald and Walk in the Word. In a world full of uncertainty, God wants you to be refreshed and nourished by His Spirit. Not every once in a while, not every month or every year, but every day. In this teaching with Pastor James McDonald, discover the joy of anchoring yourself to a constant, sovereign God and remove the barriers to develop an authentic relationship with Him. Listen this week to Walk in the Word. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you signed up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program that's been around for 25 years, and they have hundreds of thousands of members all across the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $1 billion of each other's medical bills. Best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money. Think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have a lot to offer? Well, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-B-I-B-L-E. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. My dad, a hard-working, regular blue-collar guy, a Korean War vet, a Pittsburgher, a Yinzer. He married, raised a family, and gave over 20 years of his life to one company, and that company filed for bankruptcy. I watched my mom and dad struggle at a late age, and it was tough, but they made it. For almost 30 years now, I, and now Ethan, have helped all the people that God entrusted to our management, putting together retirement blueprints personalized, customized solutions that help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence, the way I wished it would have happened for my parents. I'm Kurt Kenotic. My company, Accurate Solutions Group, would love to help you. It's never too late. It's never too early. Just call 412-515-3555, 412-515-3555, or visit ASGRetire.com. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. See today's best faith-based and family-friendly movies all free of charge, January 25th through 27th. Word FM welcomes the Projecting Hope Film Festival to select area theaters, presented by the Speakman Financial Group, featuring the best faith-focused films of 2018, plus exclusive pre-release screenings for 2019, like Run the Race from executive producer Tim Tebow and the highly anticipated Easter release breakthrough made possible by Geneva College. Visit Projecting Hope PD. GH.com for times and locations. Sponsored by Calusi Chevrolet, Grace Wellness Center, and JD Waterproofing. During the Golden Globes the other night, there was a little uh, shout out to Satan, which was really weird. That was stupid. Um, I'm telling you, it was just somebody. What's his name? He played Dick Cheney. Why can't I think of it? Christian Bale. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm telling you, everything he had said about Dick Cheney personally, or publicly, pardon me. 
had been relatively benign benign, and actually kind of complimentary, even though, of course, the film isn't. But when he got up to accept his award, he I think he just got taken by looking at the crowd and he wanted to make them laugh. And yeah, so he just a, went totally out of control and said that what he had to consult Satan so he could play the role as best as possible. <laughs> yeah. So we've been talking. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, when somebody brings up Satan, of course, you're curious. I mean, right. Or you laugh because it's uncomfortable. Oh, I hope you don't laugh. Well. Listen, there were 500 people in that room that laughed. Yeah, but I mean, as a believer, no, I'm not of course laughing. not. You believe? Of course not. But no. didn't you see the all? You saw every person, most every person in that room laugh. Yeah, it makes my toes curl yeah, actually when I hear too. the name. Um, Tony Turner's with us. Tony's a, a pastor, a writer. She's terrific, a, a good friend of ours, and uh, here to talk to us about uh, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Tony, how are you doing, friend? Happy New Year. I'm good. How are you both? We I'm can't complain. Glad to hear your voices. <laughs> yeah, good to hear yours too, Tony. Did you hear the Christian Bale comment at the Golden Globes? Well, you know what? I actually, I, I heard it just because I, I played it on uh, YouTube or something today, just so I could see what it was he said. I've stopped watching um, the the award shows yeah. and a lot of stuff that happens on mainline and mainstream TV, primarily because I know it's just it's such a tool for manipulation and um you know the movies the the music we listen to the fashions the commercials everything is designed to make us think a certain way and um yeah i did hear what he said he was you know giving shout outs to you know all the people that had you know helped him to uh do this film or be wherever he is but then he had to give that shout out to satan and you could look at it a couple of ways. Some people could say, well, it was like maybe a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing sure, that he sure. was saying. Yeah. You know, he was putting a, a slam on Cheney. But uh, also, there were those who just, you know, okay, um, yuck, yuck. And there was, I even read an article where uh, it said that the Church of Satan was saying, yay, this is a, you know, this is a point for us, you know. And um, I, I just think that, what people don't understand is that, first of all, there there really is a Satan. You know, he's not a joke or a cartoon or, you know, um, that uh, there is an, uh, a devil. The scripture says in Revelation, he's, he's the serpent of old called Satan, the devil. And uh, we see him uh, in, even in the book of Ezekiel as, as Lucifer. And his prime uh, goal is to as Jesus said, kill, steal, and destroy. And um, he does that chiefly by division and confusion, you know, to keep us thinking that we can't believe God. Mm. And, uh, you you know, you gave the scripture from uh, James 4, where it says to resist the devil and he will flee. And that's, like, totally right. But right before that, it actually says submit to God. And for me, that is the chief way of resisting the devil, is making sure that I'm submitted to God in every way that I can, uh, just in my thoughts, in my, you know, in reading the scripture, so that I know, even if I'm looking at television or movies or entertainment, that I'm actually looking at it through the filter of Submission. The word of God. Yeah, yeah. And Tony, I appreciated the fact that you um, and John both talked about, you know, Satan as the accuser, because that's really what mm-hmm. Satan means is the accuser. That's mm-hmm. his name. Um, and so, you know, hearing Christian Bale talk about him in that way, um, it's mm-hmm. it's a 
I mean, it was interesting to me because Christian Bale, of course, was accusing in some way D- Dick Cheney of, of vice, which is the name of the movie. Um, but that's mm-hmm. what Satan does to us before God, mm-hmm. where he accuses us. Um, mm-hmm. And he accuses God to us also. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. He's a divider. That's that's the way he does it. If you, if you remember back in uh, uh, Genesis, which I, I know you remember, but... The first thing he did was uh, Adam and Eve right. was he divided them from God, you know, distracting did, yeah, them. Yeah, did God re- and did God really say? Mm-hmm. Do you really have to believe that? You know, he tried to do the same thing with Jesus when uh, when Jesus was driven into the wilderness after he had fasted for forty days. He tried to tempt Jesus the same way, but because Jesus didn't didn't give in to it, he wasn't distracted from his purpose. He was, you know, fully on looking at God, having his faith in God, even though he was hungry, okay, because he was human, he was hungry after 40 days, you know, he still had his eyes focused first on God. Yes. And in that way, he was able, with the Word of God, to resist the enemy. Tony, what always confounds me is that people who don't believe in the devil, who don't believe in evil. I mean, years ago, and Kath will remember this, we brought somebody on the air, and she called herself a believer, and she was like, well, I don't believe in evil. I don't think the devil exists, which is shocking. I mean, for us not to give the devil his full weight of the horror that he is and can be upon our lives is complete and total folly. Uh, it leads you down a wrong path here, which is going to, of course, uh, give you a total destruction in your lives. So I think as Christians, we've got to be mindful. We, of course, can point the finger at you know the secular world. That's their business. But I think as believers, you really got to focus on that and, and stay true to the Word of God. That's our responsibility because the only the – only, uh, what we have to remember is that God has given us choice. You know, he has given us the ability to choose good from evil, right from wrong. And whether we're going to choose him or we're going to choose the world's darkness. And um, what the enemy wants to do is to convince us in any way possible that, you know, that he is the one. Or either he doesn't exist. You don't have to believe what God says, you know. Um whether it is, you know, through, well, the scripture says in Ephesians 6, he uses wiles or tricks in order to, you know, influence us away from, away from God. Now, if you watch television, you know, if you, too much television, my kids will tell you when they were little, they had to, they had to actually read a book before they could earn one half an hour of television. And then I picked what they watched. You know, I wasn't about just letting them sit in front of the two because I know that what happens is that the television is designed to uh, go into you when you're in your alpha state. It creates an alpha state, so your body is not active. You might be aware of what's going on around you, but I've seen people so hypnotized, so um, entranced in what is going on on television until you could call their name several times and they don't hear you. Mm -hmm. You know, think about the dumb commercials that you know, you've heard over and over again and how when you walk through the market, you might hear those same jingles, you know, trying to tell you what to buy while you're in the mm-hmm. store. You know, there are things that we might, and, and it's been proven that the things that we consider the most ridiculous are things that actually do go in. Tony, Tony Turner is with us, Pittsburgh-based pastor and counselor. Uh, Tony, when people come to you, as they have over many decades, with personal issues that they're having or things that they're struggling with, how often does spiritual 
warfare or spiritual battle come up in your conversation? Well, it just depends on, you know, where the person is. Uh, if, it, if it's a person that's a believer, you know, then it's it's easy for us to, to go there. You know, usually, even if they're um, believing, um, not necessarily in depth, but if they have any kind of Christian base at all, it's easier for us to talk about the fact that there is a battle that's going on, there's conflict that's taking place, whether it's between them and God or between another person, or it's just uh, inner conflict with themselves. Um, so it, it comes up pretty often when I'm working with, you know, someone's a Christian. If they're not a Christian, um, if there is an opening to get in touch with this in the spiritual aspect of who they are, uh, then, you know, I mean, that may take a little more time. But some, most often, I just have to translate the message of the gospel, you know, into the language that they understand. Hey, Tony, uh, we're just talking about you talking to people, believers and not. Uh, if people want to reach out to you and connect with you as a counselor, uh, what can they do? Well, actually, right now, um, if, you, if you connect with me uh, uh, on Facebook, I'm not actually uh, doing counseling professionally, but I would, you know, talk to anyone spiritually. Uh, they can reach out to me on, on Facebook. And uh, because I'm a caregiver right now, I uh, just do selective things uh, out. But I do some pastoral counseling, of course, with my congregation, or if they're referred by a pastor, uh, I will talk to them. But if they, you know, they can reach out to me right on Facebook, and if they give me their number, you know, I'll get in touch with them. Tony Turner, that's T-O-N-I, Turner. You find her on Facebook. Uh-huh. Tony, always a pleasure. So happy to be talking to you. Uh, you, uh, you too, as always. <laughs> we'll take a break, come back. we got lots more ahead, so stay with us, won't you please? The link between social media and depression, Stronger in Teen Girls, that's next. You may have to think hard about this. When was the last time you and your spouse went on a date? How about a date night where you had fun and made memories? It's been a while, hasn't it? Well, never fear, because the ultimate date night is near. For more than 20 years, marriage edutainers Jay and Laura LaFoon have been helping couples laugh together, sing together, and even dance cheek-to-cheek together while learning and growing closer together. The ultimate date night is a two-hour marriage experience where Jay and Laura LaFoon help couples reconnect. And whether you've been married one week or 75 years, you'll come away feeling closer to your spouse. In fact, 98% of people who attended the ultimate date night felt it added value to their marriage. Think the other two percent were in the bathroom when we took the survey. Don't miss your ultimate date night coming soon. Word FM presents the ultimate date night with Jay and Laura LaFoon Friday, February first at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just forty eight dollars a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in eighty four. It's dairy farm tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 
or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Long before online retailers started stuffing beds into boxes, the original Mattress Factory was shaking up the mattress industry. We raised the bar on quality with our hand-built American-made mattresses and sold them factory direct for a fraction of the cost of the mainstream brands. In an industry full of gimmicks and sketchy sales tactics, the original Mattress Factory has stayed true to what we've always been. Great beds, no bull. Stop by an original Mattress Factory store or visit OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. There's always studies, right? Talking about right. what the media does to you, me, our kids. Now there's a late one up. Yeah, and this is something that probably will not be a surprise. But again, the more data you see, I think probably the more seriously we should take it, right? This is a CNN story. The social media can be a helpful tool for teenagers to learn and connect with friends. Experts have long warned that too much Snapchatting or Instagramming can come with downsides. But Mm -hmm. this is the part that was particularly interesting because that part, I think we all know, right? There's a downside to, you know, being on social media all the time and looking at your phone. However, there appears to be a connection between social media use and depressive symptoms for 14-year-olds. Okay, so they, they went into middle school and they said it's particularly strong in girls and not as strong in boys, according to a new study. What, wonder why. Okay, this is a woman, uh, Yvonne Kelly, who's the first author of a study that was done at the University College London in the UK. Among teens who use social media the most, which is more than, are you ready, five hours a day. Mm-hmm. Which is, I can't even imagine that. The study showed a 50% increase in depressive symptoms among girls. 50% increase in depressive symptoms among girls. I, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I believe this is, this will define this generation, that this is the new uh, mental health epidemic mm-hmm. that will strike rich, poor. Mm-hmm. It, it, it will be an equal opportunity crusher. And it's a shame. It is a shame. But this first generation will be plowed under in many ways until we figure out how to resolve this or right, how right. to regulate And how we can teach our kids or if we don't have kids of our own, the a younger generation, to just not look at it. I mean, it's okay not – it's okay to withdraw from social media. Right. We had a woman on our show. I wish I could think of her name right now, right before the holidays. And she was talking about how to get through the Christmas and New Year's holidays if you're in the middle of a life crisis. Yeah. And one of her main recommendations is to just take a break from social media. Pull away. Don't be on Facebook. Don't be on Twitter. Pull away from Instagram or whatever. Because everybody's posting their beautiful family photos and the gorgeous table at Christmas and the wonderful New Year's party and whatever. And if you're not having an experience like that, it makes you feel worse. But Because it it makes you feel like everyone's having a perfect time. Sure, sure. Even though you know in your head that that's not the case. I mean, I'm talking about me as a full-grown adult. I know that's not the case. But still, you look at photograph after photograph after photograph. Your emotional reaction is – 
Why am I having yeah, such yeah. a horrible time? But Everybody it, else is having the Christmas of their life. It might be easier for you and I to pull away from it, but kids, yeah, right. it's their lifeline. Right. It's everything. But here's the thing. Because they're younger and they don't have as much maturity or wisdom or life experience, their reaction to those photographs, what they're saying is even more profound sure. and dynamic than mine would be, right? So if they're having a hard Christmas, if they've got a parent who's in the hospital or parents who are divorced or some kind of abuse situation going on or cyberbullying or whatever that is, they're unhappy with their body, there's a there's self-harm going on, whatever, the more photographs they look at on Snapchat or on Instagram or whatever over and over and over, they don't have the maturity to be able to say, no, I'm sure that's not the case that everyone's happy but me. They just say, everyone's happy right. but me. That's the world. And that's how the increase in depressive symptoms goes I up. I see that, yeah. yeah. You know, both you and I are in, in Oakland on a fairly regular basis. Whenever I'm walking the streets of Oakland, I always think, boy, if I was a chiropractor, I'd be cleaning up. Because you see every kid with their neck down on that phone, I think everyone's got a sore neck. Right. Uh, just a little side thought. That's a good idea. You might want to consider that as your next career. <laughs> I mean, not that you need to what, get out of this it, one. You're kicking no, me no, out? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not great. saying that. That's great. That's not what I meant. To crack your neck. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump is preparing for a primetime speech on border security and the partial government shutdown. White House Communications Director Mercedes Schlapp says the president will talk about what's going on at the border with Mexico. This is a growing crisis. We've talked to the Border Patrol agents who feel incredibly overwhelmed. These are heroes down at the border. They're the ones that in many cases save lives. This is the 18th day of the partial shutdown. We're not worried. We're going to present the case to the American people. We know that the facts are on our side. Connecticut Democrat Joe Courtney says it is time to end the shutdown and negotiate border security later. It is unnecessary, it is pointless, and is hurting the American economy and the American people. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer will speak following the president's address. Ed Donahue, Washington. Another positive day for Wall Street as the Dow is up by 256 points. This SRNU. If you could do something to protect your family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10-minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle. Ethos changes all that. Ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print, extra doctor's appointments, or hidden fees. Ethos is affordable. It only takes about 10 minutes to apply online, and you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them, even if the unexpected happens. Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent, and in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. Imagine your business being on the first page of a search engine like Google or at the top. What could that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround. Digital marketing that surrounds your potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. When they're on their computer, mobile phone, or tablet, your ad is there. When they attend a sporting event, conference, or concert, 
you're in front of them on their mobile device. When they walk into your competitor's store, your message entices them to visit you as well. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired. But I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. The market goes up and the market goes down. But one thing remains the same. Record unemployment means there are still more job openings than people to fill them. And that means you have leverage. They're vying for your attention at WordFM's virtual job fair. Visit wordfm.com slash virtual for great local companies ready to offer you an employment upgrade. Isn't it time you got a raise? The virtual job fair, where many are called, but you are chosen. At wordfm.com slash virtual. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. It'll turn quite windy and colder tonight. I have a shower and gusty thunderstorm around early. Then showers turn to snow showers later on tonight. It will be near 30. Blustery and much colder tomorrow through tomorrow night with more snow showers and heavier squalls. That can lead to slippery spots on the roads. Temperatures hold near 30 tomorrow and drop back to near 20 tomorrow night. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The uh, weather is taking a turn for the dark and looks like cold. So uh, get your milk and bread because apparently there's a little snow coming out. No, oh, I just don't want to. Not a lot of snow. If I reject it, I guess that doesn't make it not true. Uh, that's true. It'll right. still be here regardless of what you say. Okay. All right. Hey, I saw a story last week in the Wall Street Journal that I put aside. As I do often, I have a pile of stuff that I think would make interesting conversation for the show. Um, but, you know, we were just, you know how stories go, John. You, you kind of put them in a pile and then some get tossed out and some get in the hold pattern. I know maybe we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> I know how that just works there's only, I mean, with there's, you and I. Well, there's only two hours of airtime, right? So we can only talk about so many things. But when I saw a companion story come out today um, in a whole different type of publication, I thought, you know what? I think this is really something we should talk about. Um, there's a new book coming out by Alex Berenson. He's a former New York Times reporter who did two tours covering the Iraq War, um, took a break to start writing some fiction, which ratcheted to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. And so he took a a break from journalism for a while. Now he's back at it with a brand new book called Tell Your Children. It's a nonfiction book that takes a sledgehammer to the promised benefits of marijuana. It releases next week, I believe. 
So the first, as I told you, story that I read was in the Wall Street Journal. Um, the long piece that I read today was in Mother Jones. Now, if you know anything about the politics of both <laughs> places, you know that I've got one that leans right and one that leans far, far, far left. What's interesting to me is that they both come to the same conclusion. And it's something that the marijuana advocates do not want to hear. Listen, um, Alex Berenson, who wrote the book, his wife is a psychologist, and she evaluates mentally ill criminal defendants in the state of New York. So it was several years ago that she started talking about the horrific cases of violence that she saw. This is just part of her job, right? So this is something that she gets used to. But she said she just couldn't believe the number of them and the violence of them. And as she was going on to tell him about these different cases, she kept saying the same thing, which was something like, well, of course, the perpetrator was high. He'd been smoking pot his whole life. Hmm. And then her husband, who said it smoked a little bit of pot in high school, he didn't have strong feelings about marijuana one way or another. But he said, no, wait a minute. You keep saying this thing about pot. But I don't – You know, pot is like supposed to have health benefits. Why do you keep saying it's associated with violent it's crime? It's supposed to chill you out. Right. His wife said, listen – and his wife is a Harvard-trained psychologist. She said, listen – Trust me when I tell you the horrible cases that I'm seeing involve people who are heavy into weed. And she said, if you don't believe me, then why don't you take your own time and do some scientific research and get back to me and let me know what you find out. <laughs> so he did. So Alex Berenson uh, spent an entire year researching exactly what is going on with the use of marijuana. Wow. Right now, he got himself into um, studies particularly focused on how marijuana affects people in a mental health capacity. So he wasn't studying how it affects people who have glaucoma or people who are going through radiation or he was specifically focused because this is how it came into his life with his his wife's immersion in, in crime statistics. What are the associations between cannabis and legitimate reports of psychotic behavior that end up in crime, right? What he found is so shocking and over the top. I just can't get over it. It's shocking because it's against the narrative we've been told for decades. So everything we've heard for decades, and especially this last two years, is that the fact that we have not legalized marijuana is to our own detriment because it's the health benefit of all health benefits. There's nothing that's possibly wrong with it. It's so much better than alcohol, right? There's nothing that could possibly go wrong, right? I mean, this is the kind of thing that if you have an ailment, weed will help it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. In one form or another. Because it's natural. Whether it's the oil or the smoke, yeah, the weed will take care of it. Right. So he goes back into the 19th century when British colonial officials in India noted that 20 to 30 percent of patients in mental hospitals were committed for cannabis-related insanity. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, this is back in the eight in the 19th century. This is in the 1800s. 20 to 30 percent. Of patients in mental hospitals were committed for cannabis-related insanity. Wow. They described, wow. Hor- they described horrific, violent crimes associated with cannabis usage, which is what, of course, Alex Berenson's wife was talking about. Wow. The Brits attributed far more cases of mental illness to cannabis than to alcohol or to opium. Then the Mexican government reached similar conclusions, banning cannabis sales in 1920, nearly 20 years before the U.S. did, after years of credible reports of cannabis-induced madness and violent crime. 
Okay. Now, over the past couple of decades, studies around the globe, and I'm reading from Mother Jones here, have found that THC, which is the active compound in cannabis, is strongly linked to psychosis, to schizophrenia, and to violence. Alex Berenson interviewed far-flung researchers who have quietly but methodically documented the effects of THC on serious mental illness. And he makes what Mother Jones says is an amazingly convincing case that a recreational drug, which has been marketed to all of us as an all-around health product, may in fact really be at root dangerous, especially for people with a family history of mental illness. Wow. So I'm shocking that Mother Jones would report that because their base... Which which is why, to me, it's more persuasive. Because this goes against type, right? Yeah, exactly. A 2002 study in the British Medical Journal found that people who use cannabis at age 15 are more than four times as likely to develop schizophrenia or a related syndrome than those who've never used it. You don't hear that, do I mean, you? Can you? Not in the mainstream. Adolescent users had a threefold higher risk of developing schizophrenia later in life. Now these are, so it goes on to say that in 2017, this is a more recent study, the National Academy of Medicine issued a report nearly 500 pages long on the health effects of cannabis and concluded that marijuana use is strongly associated with the development of psychosis and schizophrenia. Hmm. The researchers also noted there's decent evidence pot can exacerbate bipolar disorder and increase the risk of suicide, depression, and social anxiety. The higher the use, the greater the risk. Wow. Now, given that marijuana use, John, is up 50% over the past decade, 50%. If the studies are accurate, then you would think that there would be a big increase in psychotic diseases. Sure, sure. Yeah. And Alex Berenson says we are experiencing that exact thing. He says from 2006 to 2014, which is the most recent year for which data is available, the number of ER visitors co-diagnosed with both psychosis and cannabis use disorder tripled from 30,000 to 90,000. That is incredible. Now, people who have advocated for legalization, they would say that Alex Berenson and the other researchers have it backward. The pot doesn't cause mental illness, but mental illness drives self-medication with pot, right? So if you already have a mental illness, you tend to medicate yourself by using pot. I see. Yeah, sure, sure. Right. But in the influential 2002 British Medical Journal study on psychosis and marijuana that I talked about a couple minutes ago, researchers wrote that their findings strengthen the argument that use of cannabis increases the risk of developing schizophrenia and depression. And they provide little support for the belief that the association is the reverse. So they're saying that if you're using and smoking weed regularly, you are making it more likely that you will suffer from a mental illness. And the odds go up if you have a family history. That's amazing. That That's the first time in all the conversation about the legalization of marijuana that you hear something like this. I know. That's clinically proven here. The statistics are And it place. goes on and on. I mean, I've read a very tiny part of this article. I mean, there's a there was an article uh, that was published in The Lancet, which is in Europe in 1987, um, that says that the risk of developing schizophrenia was in, in this study was six times as high as for those who'd never smoked. Even after adjusting for confounding factors such as a family history of mental illness or existing symptoms of the of schizophrenia at the time of conscription, the author found that using cannabis more than 10 times in adolescence, 10 times in adolescence for a lot of people can happen in a month. Yeah. Okay. More than 10 times in adolescence, more than doubled the risk of developing it as an adult. Wow. Now, so here's the thing. It's good to hear this. So for people who've smoked weed, and I never smoked weed, so I don't have any personal experience with it. But from what I heard is it didn't make people crazy. It made people go to sleep. 
Makes you chill. Right. So people would get on the sofa, right? Right. So I looked into that too. And that comes up later on in the article. The marijuana sold today, however, is not what people smoked 10 years ago or 15 years ago, right? The THC levels are way off the charts. Exactly. Today's weed is insanely more potent, as are products like wax and shatter, which are forms of butane hash oil, which are designed to be vaped. I see. Okay. So you can't, if you're looking at yourself and saying, okay, well, 10 years ago I smoked no weed deal. and it was no big deal. When I was a kid, it's I did It's not this. the same high potency product that people are smoking now. Hmm. It's just a whole different thing. And so we also know that paranoia and psychosis make people dangerous. We yeah. recognize that. I mean, I don't think that's news to anyone. So the rising use of a drug that we already know causes hallucinations, causes restlessness, and paranoia is probably something that we should be concerned about. You combine that with all of this data, I'm telling you, we're crazy for legalizing this. Well, I just think it's nuts. It's the I way do. that has swept but across if, the country. If you're talking about CBD oil, which is the portion of marijuana that doesn't have the high producing effects, sure. and you're using that for a medicinal purpose, that's a whole different thing than what this is no doubt yeah. it's a whole different thing i mean it's happened so quickly in a matter of just a couple of years i'm surprised it's, it's coming to pennsylvania but we were sold this because oh it's medicinal that opened the door right. to the marijuana medical marijuana clinics which all you had to do was go to a doctor and say well you know i suffer from headaches and depending upon your doctor they'll go okay we'll write you a because script. it's going to fix anything right and everything so then that was the and it back might, door And in. I'm not saying it doesn't help with some things. I'm not saying – I'm not trying to deny that. I'm just saying that our overall like jump on the bandwagon that this is going to solve everything is just completely self-defeating. Right. And it's going to be dangerous for everybody. Let me close with this. Alex Berenson said – and I'm reading from Mother Jones again. He said he's well aware that many people don't want to hear his message, particularly on the left at a time when prominent figures from presidential helpful Senator Cory Booker to Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer have endorsed legalizing pot nationally. There's a huge difference, he points out, between decriminalizing weed to fight mass incarceration and turning cannabis into a recreational drug as cheap and easy to obtain as booze. Quote, if you look at what's happened with opioids in the last 20 years, and we all have seen that either in ourselves, in our families, in our neighborhoods. Look, I don't have to explain any further. Legalizers, he goes on to say, should be looking at that and saying to themselves, wait, maybe drugs are actually the problem. Alex Berenson says, and I feel like I'm going to get jumped on just for saying that. Wow. What's the name of the book? The name of the book is Tell Your Children, written by former New York Times journalist Alex Berenson. Well, hallelujah. I'll I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about this. About. Well, it certainly does, because the door's been wide open. We've been sold a bill of goods, which I think is not necessarily true. This man refutes it. 101.5 WORD. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. Now, the truth is this. Every single one of us has within us the adequate potential to become the person God wants us to be and to achieve and to accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish in our life. Hear the series, How to Reach Your Full Potential, coming soon on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. If you could do something to protect your family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10-minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle. 
Ethos changes all that. Ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print, extra doctor's appointments, or hidden fees. Ethos is affordable. It only takes about 10 minutes to apply online, and you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them, even if the unexpected happens. Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent, and in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at GetEthos.com. That's GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My husband and I wanted to buy a new car, and we don't have very good credit rating, so the bank recommended Trinity, so we called them. And the people were very nice. They told us the best solution for our problems. If you're in debt and you you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. Trinity consolidated our bills, got us a lower interest rate, and a much better monthly payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We feel much better now. Things are going pretty well. And since we've been with Trinity, our credit rating has really improved. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Ann, and we're debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Well, we've talked a lot about the Catholic Church scandal since the uh, release of the grand jury report in Pennsylvania. But way prior to that, you know, 9.85 years ago when we started this show, John, uh, we decided that we wanted this to be a show where we talked about issues that affected and ideas that were interesting to people of every Christian faith. Um, in Pittsburgh in particular, and of course historically all around the world, but I'm just thinking about our community here, there's been a big divide between Catholic and Protestant. But you grew up Catholic, John. I did. Um, half of my family's Catholic. Uh, and so I think both of us had a burden to kind of find a way to bridge a gap between peoples who both love Jesus. On air. On air. And to try to create a space for people to talk about things that are different, theologies that are different, outlooks that are different, practices uh, that are different. Um, and to be able to speak 
when we see cases of you know gross negligence and abuse, no matter what denomination they're in, to talk about them because you it's know, an equal opportunity. It is. It, it is. It's not like the Catholic Church is the first church we've talked about with church abuse. I mean, I, I could you know Pick take the next ten minutes and talk about the sovereign grace scandal, or we could talk about what happened in in Chicago, or we can you know talk about what happened in the. I mean, it's just oh, it's it's it doesn't matter what denomination it is, no followers of Jesus should be subjected to abuse by other people who say that they follow Jesus as well. So um, to bring the abuse thing kind of into the conversation, recognizing that that's the place that we're in, but also recognizing that our overall goal is to have people who believe different things, but all are have an allegiance to Jesus be able to talk. We're happy to have Father Lou Valone with us. Um, Lou's joined us before on the show. He's former pastor of St. John of God Parish in McKees Rocks and St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Crescent. Um, He's also newly retired and looks extremely happy with his current life situation. (laughs) Father Lou, welcome back. Thank you, and a blessed new year, both to you and John. (laughs) Thank you, Lou. Yeah, very good. Yes, you are looking happy. Okay, so the the, uh, bishops have just finished meeting today. Well, it's not a meeting. It's a retreat. Okay, what's the difference? All the difference in the world. No business was to have transpired this past week. This is purely a time of prayer. Um, And so there's input. There's a retreat master. There's a priest who have been giving them. um, They're called conferences. You can call them homilies, sermons, whatever you want to call them, but it's spiritual guidance. I see. How many bishops? I think there were about 280 that actually showed up. And they met where? Uh, They met at uh, Mundelein Seminary in Chicago. And they made what's called... So this is the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, yeah. Um, So it's an Ignatian retreat, uh, which is an eight-day retreat. But the way the Romans count, it's Tuesday to Tuesday is eight days. I see. It's a silent retreat, uh, except for specific times during the days. You're not supposed to talk, not at meals, not to each other. You're supposed to get the input from the retreat master. You're supposed to spend time in meditation and in prayer. Uh, they would have mass every day. They would have divine office every day. They would have long periods in which to meditate and contemplate the input. So there was no agenda here. The agenda is the retreat master following uh, a spiritual direction. And so the hope is, Lou, that this retreat sort of what sets the stage for something to happen down the road. But this is first step. Well, it's supposed to be the first step for everything. Yeah. All right. Jesus begins his public ministry by going to the desert for 40 days in prayer. Whenever things got too much for him, he was prayer. Okay. So this is actually the sine qua non, that with which not. If, if, if you don't put it in the context of your dialogue and conversation with God, if you don't have it together spiritually, you're not going anywhere anyway. All right. Mm-hmm. So every cleric. Every deacon, every priest, every bishop is required to make a retreat every year. All right, it's 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 a requirement. Mostly, there are four or five days. Um, some are less structured than others. Sometimes you make a private retreat, but every every ordained cleric in the Catholic Church is required under the law to make a retreat every year. This one was particularly special because this one was called for by Pope Francis. The bishops were scheduled to make a retreat in June out in California as a national conference. Um, um, with all the horrific events that were uncovered, you know, since this summer, uh, the Pope said to the bishops, you need to make a retreat now. And he wanted them to make it in November instead of their business meeting. And they um, explained to him 
we got hundreds of thousands of dollars paying for the hotel, the business. We can't do this this quickly in November. All right. So he said, well, all right, you can have your business meeting in November. But before anything else happens, I want to retreat. So they set it up for January. They set it up in Mundelein. And the Holy Father, to show how serious he was about it, the preacher of the retreat is a priest by the name of uh, Cantalamessa, which is Italian for sing the mass. He's been the preacher for the papal household for 40 years. He's been preaching to the popes and the households in the mm. Vatican for 40 years. Wow. He sent, so the Pope sent his personal preacher mm. to preach the retreat to the bishops. So all they should have been dying, doing for the past week is placing themselves in uh, the presence of God and in looking inward, being guided in that by the retreat master. So uh, this one, rather strict, um, no cocktail hours, no nightcaps, uh, no uh, going out for recreation. Let's get to work. In the afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, work on this spiritually. So this mm-hmm. is ostensibly where we begin everything. We begin everything with prayer. So then the hope is soon and down the road that uh, the Pope has directed the bishops, not just here in the United States, but worldwide, to come together and, and look at the sex abuse. Right. To So he called a special plenary session in February for the presidents of the bishops' conferences throughout the entire world. So there'll be two bishops from every um, country in the world who represent their conferences, the president and the vice president. So it'll be 300-some or more, I guess, come to Rome for three days, which is a short time. But he wants this spotlight to be, this is our church problem universal it's not an american problem Mm -hmm. it's not a first world problem this is a problem with the church worldwide and the bishops are um in in um, solidarity with the holy father and he wants them acting synodally collegially to examine this whole situation you know where are we how did we get here maybe not necessarily how do we get out of it yet let's just talk about what happened let's talk about what Mm -hmm. happened let's you know it's it's history what what happened um, and then, again, you're going to have a whole issue with the d- cultures throughout the world, what kind of uh, uh, um, programs, what kind of um, advances you're going to make to address it. That's going to be wildly varied. So, so all things considered, when you see something like this happening, what are your personal feelings? Um, a day late and a dollar short. Mm. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just the way the things happen. It's taken till now for this to ripen. Because since, since the 80s, since this come up, most of the world thought that it was an American problem. You know, you people are corrupt in America. You're, you know, the reincarnation of the end days of the Roman Empire. And, you know, you just are, are rotten people. <laughs> that wasn't an American problem. No, it's, it's, it's a human problem. It's a human problem. And uh, uh, America was on the crest of discovering this. And the American bishops wanted to be on the crest of proposing solutions but the holy father kind of slowed them down and says look i don't want you jumping ahead of everybody else mm-hmm. so for example everybody's upset because one of the approaches the american bishops once was a a, a higher concentration uh, of laity involved in this giving laity oversight investigative powers etc this makes sense for us in america with the jury system of your peers sure etc but you go to Africa, you go to South America, you go to the Pacific Rim, and the bishop says, we don't have the pool of educated lady that you do. 
You have a hundred psychologists to call on. You've got a hundred law enforcement people to call on. You have a hundred justice that you got. You've got a well-educated laity that you can turn to. They're pious. They're connected with the church, but they have professional fields. Said so over here, we don't have that many right. educated laity in these fields. And so to turn oversight over to the laity mm-hmm. completely, not going to happen. It's not going to happen in our culture. Just impractical. It's impractical. And so over here, America, we're saying we can't entrust this to the church. In the other countries, they're saying the church is the only one you can entrust it to because we're the only ones with people prepared and equipped to look at it. So something's going to have to be found in a middle ground. Yeah. that's going to work uh, uh, around the world. I see. Do you think that the the Holy See has the stomach for this, to make this work? Um, he's got the stomach. Does he have the endurance? Okay, because it's like you're, you're, you're bucking up against a bureaucracy. I mean, the church is big and old. Things that are big and old are slow, okay? And you're pushing against a lot of inertia. So the Holy Father definitely has the will does he have everything he needs to have by way of cooperation, by way of the correct information? You know, I don't know. He came out and made some horrible mistakes in Chile. And um, as soon as he found out that they were, he admitted up to it. He said, man, I made, you know, I blew this. This is terrible, what I said, what I did. And he tried to reverse that, okay? And he did, did do a good job in Chile. You know, he sent Shakuna to investigate it. He got a 500-page report. He acted quickly on it, all right? But you're facing this in every country in the world that the mm-hmm. Catholic Church exists. So how much is getting back to him? And remember, all he is is another human being, the same as the rest of us. He's, he's got limitations of his upbringing, of his culture, of, uh, you know. Of his energy. Of his energy, although he's got. He's older a lot of he's that. He's got a whole lot mm-hmm. more than I got. Right. But there seems like there's a lot of infighting. So, so, you know, what I'm reading myself, my own personal reading, a lot of infighting in the church, especially in America, the, the issue of homosexuality in the church. And uh, has homosexuality somehow infected the Vatican? And it's also infected the Pope in that worldview. So there'll not be any changes made because homosexual is okay in the priesthood. That's fine. But the pedophilia thing. So it's all scattered in these tiny little schisms. And there's a power struggle going on. That's exactly the case. Everybody has their own viewpoint, their own perspective. And, of course, everybody um, is infallible and nobody else is. <laughs> so this is my viewpoint and I'm infallibly correct. <laughs> All right? right? Well, no, I ain't. Yeah. <laughs> nor are you, nor is anybody else. As I've said before very often in, in some of the talks I've given on this, nobody has gotten it right. We've been wrestling with this since 1985, and nobody. Not the psychologists, not the law enforcement, not the church. Nobody has gotten this completely right. Some have uh, had better insights than others, but nobody's batting a thousand on this issue. So the Pope talks about synodality. He talks about the process of discernment. We have to not figure out what the Pope wants, what the bishop wants, what the victims want, what society wants. We have to figure out what God wants. And the only way to figure out what God wants is to listen to everybody because you never know who he's going to talk through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's me dads and L dads all over the place out there. All right. And this pope, unlike the previous two, is very aware of that. And he said he wants everybody to say something so that we can discern and sort our way through. Well, 
then it's always a, a, a thing like St. Paul did, you know, in Corinth, lets you and him fight. So the Pope says, let's you and him fight, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to try to discern some wisdom discern some wisdom for when it so so the people accuse him of, of causing confusion and it's not i mean where where in the gospels is there not confusion jesus says x on page one and says y on page two and the crowds are walking around and the apostles are saying what are you talking about okay i mean god doesn't um sometimes he does you can get a burning bush you know or get knocked off your horse Okay, uh, but mostly God doesn't send telegrams and text messages. He wants us to wrestle with, mm-hmm. what is your will that I might do it, O Lord? And Jesus himself had to wrestle with it. Father Lou Vallone is with us, former pastor of St. John of God Parish in McKees Rocks and St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Crescent, happily retired. He joins us on the ride home. We'll be right back. We come back, we're going to talk about communion. What is it from different faith traditions? Stick around. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. See today's best faith-based and family-friendly movies all free of charge, January 25th through 27th. Word FM welcomes the Projecting Hope Film Festival to select area theaters, presented by the Speakman Financial Group, featuring the best faith-focused films of 2018, plus exclusive pre-release screenings for 2019, like Run the Race from executive producer Tim Tebow and the highly anticipated Easter release breakthrough made possible by Geneva College. Visit ProjectingHopePGH.com for times and locations. Sponsored by Calusi Chevrolet, Grace Wellness Center, and J&D Waterproofing. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants.
restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. It'll turn quite windy and colder tonight. I have a shower and gusty thunderstorm around early. Then showers turn to snow showers later on tonight. Low will be near 30. Blustery and much colder tomorrow through tomorrow night with more snow showers and heavier squalls. That can lead to slippery spots on the roads. Temperatures hold near 30 tomorrow and drop back to near 20 tomorrow night. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Father Lou Vallone is with us. Father's retired. He is um, formerly the pastor at St. John of God Parish, McKees Rocks. Uh, Lou, when I asked you to come on the air, you've been with us in the past, and I said, hey, let's talk about communion. And you came back and you said, sure, I'd be happy to talk about communion. I want to talk about the difference between open communion and closed communion. Now, I was unsure what that what that meant, but I trust you, so I'd like to have that conversation with you. What exactly you mean between that? Because I had communion on Sunday at my church, not a Catholic church. There's clearly a difference between that communion and the communion that happens in Mass. Okay, so we go back to its origin, uh, the Last Supper, Supper in the Upper Room, in which Jesus instituted, in our Catholic tradition, two sacraments. First, the sacrament of the Eucharist. He gave his body and blood, okay, for our nourishment and for our salvation. Takes bread, blesses, breaks, this is my body, take and eat. Takes the chalice, this is my blood, take and drink. And then says to the apostles in the room, do this in memory of me. So he establishes the Eucharist as the sacrament of his body and blood under the forms of bread and wine. But it's actually his body and blood, all right? And then he empowers a certain strain of people to repeat that over and over again. So the Eucharist is our communion. When we receive the body and blood of Christ together, we become one. We are united to each other. Communion comes from Latin, cum onus, to be one with. So for the first 11 centuries, um, communion was restricted to those churches with apostolic tradition. Bishops were ordained by other bishops. They ordained priests. Through the sacrament of holy orders, those who changed the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, all right, were in a direct line. The first split comes in 1040, the Eastern Schism, in which the Orthodox reject the um, earthly authority of Rome. And then you have a split, and the Western Church centered in Rome, the Eastern Church centered in Constantinople. Now you have true bishops and and successors of bishops and true priests and true sacraments, but the schism is a structural one. The East and West excommunicate each other. You can't have my communion no more. Right. Mm-hmm. So the West says to the East, you can't have my communion, and the East says to the West, you can't have my communion. So it's still real communion. It's still the body and blood of Christ. It's still an apostolic succession. It's still a sacrament. But they exclude each other structurally. Theology is the same, all right? That's fine until 500 years ago when the Protestant Reformation comes along. And the first thing the Protestant Reformation rejects is the apostolic succession, the sacrament of holy orders. And if you take the apostolic succession away, what is communion now? 
It's a symbol. It's a memorial. It's a sign. Okay? So it's no longer the actual body and blood of Christ preserved through apostolic succession. It's a memorial. It's a remembrance. And it's the community that does it. So now you have two types of communion, both coming out of St. Paul. The theology both comes out of St. Paul. St. Paul in one place says, in order to be one, you receive communion and that will make you one. In another place, he says, you have to be one before you're allowed to receive communion. So he's got two different theological strains. The Reformation picks up the one that says, we will become one by receiving together, and those are open communion churches. The other theology says, no, you got to be one first before we can receive together, are the closed communion churches. So Catholics... Orthodox, uh, very, very high church Anglicans who, who think, don't believe that they're Protestant. <laughs> okay. uh, um, those are closed communion churches. You must be one first before you celebrate that unity by receiving together. The open communion churches are the Reformed churches who said, well, look, we're not one, but if we receive communion together, do it often enough and sincerely enough, this will make us one. Interestingly, you can make both arguments from St. Paul, two different sets of letters. That's interesting. Now, different Protestants would look at communion differently, too, right? So That's right. So some of the more, again, high church. Right, so the Lutheran. Lutherans right? will say it is the body and blood of Christ. Right. High church right. Anglicans will say it is the body and blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Some splinter groups like Polish National Catholics, um, uh, Utrecht Convention Catholics, they'll say it's the body and blood of Christ. So there actually is uh, a, a, a papal decree called Immense Caritas that allows non-Catholic Christians to receive Catholic communion really? under certain circumstances. The first requirement is they have to have the same substantial belief in the Eucharist that the Catholic Church does. Okay. It is the actual body and blood of Christ. It's not a memorial. It's not a sign. It's not a symbol. Mm-hmm. It's an ontological reality. So if a non-Catholic Christian has that belief, number one. Number two is not able to receive communion in their own tradition for some reason. Okay, so you're a Lutheran and you're in uh, a place in South America where there's not a Lutheran congregation Mm -hmm. for 600 miles, but there's three Catholic churches. Mm -hmm. Number three, that you feel a spiritual need for that communion that can't be fulfilled in your tradition. And number four, you ask for it spontaneously. As opposed to? As opposed to priest saying to you, well, there ain't no Lutheran oh. church, come to communion oh. in my okay. church. I see. Right, so it's not under compulsion? Or, not okay. under compulsion or, or even entrapment, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that, you know, to cryptically yeah. make you Catholic. So under Immense Caritas, if a non-Catholic Christian, baptized non-Catholic Christian, finds himself in these circumstances, all right, they're permitted to receive Eucharist in the mm-hmm. Catholic Church. The excommunications have been withdrawn um, from the Catholics, from the Orthodox. So the Catholics now allow Orthodox to receive communion. But not the reverse. But the Orthodox haven't uh, taken their... Returned the favor. They haven't returned the favor yet. But regardless, I mean, as you walk up to receive communion, you're honest with yourself. You're not going to flag yourself and say, I'm not worthy. All right, so here's, here's where the issue is. The issue is, 
for the priest or the Eucharistic minister to distribute communion. Who does he give communion to? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't ask for a membership card, right. Right, baptismal certificate. We don't know. So there's two things that are involved if someone receives communion who ought not to under our discipline. The first is the person who receives communion who ought not to because of their disposition, the state of their soul. Sure. That's completely subjective and internal. Right. So they drink, as Paul says, you drink judgment upon yourself. Upon yourself. So nobody can nobody You can't can judge that, that for someone. You can't, judge, you can't judge somebody's heart. The other is someone that apparently, because they belong to another tradition or whatever, mm-hmm. should not do it. And it's the priest's responsibility once, if he thinks someone's receiving that shouldn't, to go to them afterwards and explain our discipline to them once. Once he's done that, that's it. So what happens if someone who's not in the state of grace or someone who's not admitted by the law receives? We call that, um, uh, we call that uh, sacrilege. You've broken a sacred law. That's subjective, and that's on the soul of the person. Mm-hmm. I see. All right? However, there's another thing called desecration, and that's if somebody comes up and objectively disses the sacrament, mm-hmm. grabs the Eucharist, throws it to the ground, stomps it, feeds it to the dog, uh, holds a satanic ritual with it. Right. That's a totally different thing. Priests are to guard against desecration, but they can't do anything about sacrilege. Uh, sacrilege. So, for example, I would never refuse communion to somebody coming up who's coming up piously, whatever, even if I think they, I mean, even if I know they're the minister at the Lutheran church down the street. (laughs) Okay, it's not up to me. Not your call. Not my call on the sacrilege. Now, not everybody says that. There are cardinals that don't. However, desecration, somebody comes up and they're uh, inebriated. Uh, They're obviously not in their right mind. You know they're not actually what they're doing. I have to guard it against desecration. So in a case like that, I would say to someone like that, see me after Mass, I'll give you communion after Mass. I see. Mm-hmm. And not give them communion there. Yeah. Okay, and then if they see me after Mass. So the one who comes up and receives that might be a case of sacrilege, I give them communion, but I talk to them after Mass. The ones who might desecrate the sacrament, I withhold communion, but I say talk to me after Mass. It's fascinating. Father Lou Vallone is with us. Father Lou Vallone. Our conversation will continue after just a very quick break. Stay with us. Message and data rates may apply. When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max, a patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone promoting greater increases in muscle size and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone. Plus, an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in the gym. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free. Just pay shipping and handling. Not 10 days, not 15 days, but a full 30-day supply free. When you text the word MAN to 797979. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text MAN to 797979. Text MAN to 797979. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. 
dude. Remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it. You're retired. But I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to Goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. Talking with Father Lou Vallone about communion, the Catholic Church, what it is to be a person of faith. We only have a couple minutes, Lou, but I just want to ask you about your take on, you know, being a priest in Pennsylvania post the sex abuse revelation. I mean, how do you feel like the church is doing? How is the church doing? Yeah, we're still taking our lumps. All right, we've not uh, rounded the corner on this yet. Um, and that's probably okay. Maybe we still need our feet kept to the fire for a while longer. Um, maybe we need to um, suffer a bit more. I mean, I mean, how much time did Jesus spend in the Garden of Gethsemane? Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah. what's the right time? I believe we're headed in the right direction. Uh, I believe that uh, people of goodwill are trying. Um but I'm not so sure we're ready to be let off the hook just yet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a matter of the court of public opinion well, as well. Well, that, that's just a wise perspective of any person who believes in Jesus is that when you when you're stuck and when you've gotten yourself into something, it's wisdom to recognize that you getting out of it fast isn't in your best interest. Yeah, see, I already as a, as a Christian believe that the, the, the victory's been won. Okay, the cross and and, yeah. and Easter. So I believe good has already conquered evil. Yes. But I have to put up with the fact that we still got more battles to lose, yeah. even though the war has already been won. So that's my challenge in faith. I would like things to be made right in my lifetime, but so is everybody. <laughs> okay. God right. did not, you know, God did not like sitcoms and, and dramas. God did not put our, 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 our history our salvation history in one-hour segments. Yeah, there's not a nice little button at the end of this, and everything's all in well. Right, right. we're not going to solve it by the final commercial. That's, good. That's a great perspective, Lou. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, we're, t- we're up against the clock, so let's take a quick break. Stick around. Our conversation continues until the top of the show. Be right back. has it been since you and your spouse got away for an evening? You know what I mean? A night where you don't have to do the cooking or wash the dishes or tell the waiting staff to go to bed. A night where you don't have to pack Cheerios and where you don't plan to run some errands on the way home. Bottom line, when was the last time you two got to just laugh together? Make room on your calendar for the ultimate date night with Jay and Laura LaFoon. 
ask, what is an ultimate date night? It's the perfect place to laugh and learn to love each other better. It's like no other marriage event you've ever been to because you'll actually enjoy it. Join us. You know you need a good laugh. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, an ultimate evening of marriage edutainment. Friday, February 1st at Christchurch at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. We're talking to Father Louvalone, recently retired, former pastor of St. John of God Parish in McKees Rocks and St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Crescent. Uh, in our remaining time, just as we were talking, the three of us off air, I asked you about looking at the sexual abuse crisis in the Catholic Church from spiritual terms. And you said, basically, it's a battle between good and evil. Right. I mean, this is goes all the way back to Genesis. You know, uh, uh, humanity is the battleground. Um, the devil fights uh, to get us. You know, God fights to redeem us. And so at various times and places in history, the battle takes different tactics, uh, tactics and strategy. But, I mean, this is what it is. The, 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 the clerics who were abusers, you know, um, lost that battle to evil. Uh, the people who were in power and control that covered it up lost that battle to evil. All right. But I'm a Christian. I believe that the, the ultimate victory was won by Jesus on the cross and, and, and bursting forth from the tomb. So as many battles as we lose, my hope and my faith is not uh, uh, compromised because I still assert the ultimate victory has been won. I would like to see comfort and solace in my lifetime, but I'm not going to see it. But even if we clear this all up to everybody's satisfaction, even if we have a new dawn, a new spring for the church that puts us all behind us, I'm absolutely certain the devil's got his battle plans for the next onslaught. I mean, the next attack and the one after that yeah. uh, is there. It, it, it is. The good news about this era, as painful as it is for people who are of the Catholic faith, is that the people who have been abused have finally have a voice. The people have been heard. And I think that's mm-hmm. been long overdue. The people cry out and say, this is my story. And that's a step forward to the good. Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, actually, if we had followed our own canon law from the very beginning which our bishops did not do. This is all covered in canon law. All right? It says when something like this comes up, this is how it's supposed to be approached. This that. People would have told their stories long ago. But fear, um, fear ego. ego, self-interest, corruption. You know, again, except for two people in our Catholic theology, um, Jesus and Mary, all the rest of us share one thing. We're all sinners. So I am no different than those guys in terms of being a sinner. My sin's not theirs. But uh, right. I would be. We got a menu in front of us. Yeah, you, know, you know, my sins are my sins. I've I've heard God in the community, just as they have. It may not have been in, in such a spectacular way. Then again, it might have been. I mean, I'm a priest. If I lose my temper at somebody, okay, it's not the same as the greengrocer losing his temper. Mm-hmm. I lose my temper at somebody. Who knows what damage I caused by doing that? And you know, who knows whose hearts I sunk. You know, most people say, well, everybody loses their temper. Well, yeah, okay, but 
I might cause more harm by losing my temper Mm -hmm. because I'm supposed to represent something higher and better. The audience and the calling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Father Lou, we love when you come here. We do. We really do. You tell it like it is. Yeah. And I think that's what maybe we is comforting to me is to just hear a plain spoken approach to an issue that oftentimes, because of the age and the institutional nature of the church, because, as you said, it's big and old and slow, it tends to sometimes sound like, you know, just a bunch of fancy words without an actual, you know, heart connection. And so when you come and talk, you bring that heart connection, and I just very much appreciate that. Well, thank you. I consider it a great compliment. Not many people see me as warm and fuzzy and having a heart. I didn't say you were warm and fuzzy. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Close by saying I have a heart. That's good. Father Lou Below. That's really good. All right. So if you want more information about our show or you missed a portion of today's show, find us online, johnandkathyshow.com. We're also podcasting on iTunes. So all you do is look for the John and Kathy Show or the Ride Home on iTunes. You can find us there. Um, You can also hook up with us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. You can't miss us if you look for us. Your favorite social profile, we're there, except I'm not Snapchatting. I'm just not. (laughs) Thank goodness. I'm not. Take a break from something, won't you please? Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. Have yourself a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.